This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, my disdain for the TV show, This Is Us, a bill being passed for a solution to eating Tide Pods, and back with us again, Maj Ture, to discuss The Shot Show, 2A News, and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy. Here we go. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our sponsors, friends of the show, or guests, but they should be. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is the head solutionary, Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter, and you're listening to Southern Fried Philosophy. Words cannot describe how awesome Robert and his team at Webmerized are. In our time of need, Robert came through for us and devoted more time than expected to help our organization develop our new website. It truly is a blessing to have an individual that can speak to the average person not in the IT world in a manner that can easily be understood. The process of working with his team was painless, and I look forward to working with them for future projects. Our website is spectacular, and I'm really proud of what was developed by Webmerized. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Don't take Stella H's word for it and also Southern Fried Philosophies, but go out to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, or check out the sponsors link on our website. And if you mention the word biggin in your order, you'll get 10% off. Check them out at webmerize.com for your web services needs. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Whereas two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention cupcake designer of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on mic number one. It's Mojo. What up, folks? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Please go to our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Also, the Instagram and Twitter is at SFP Radio. You can also go to our YouTube at youtube.com slash SFP Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. The migraine's kicking my rear. (laughs) I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be darned? You know what burns my biscuits, buddy? What is it, bud? High-speed washing machines. What? High-speed washing machines? Yeah, you know the front-loading washing machines. Is this where you can get, like, dial-in or upgrade to the the DSL speed? (laughs) You you would think so. (laughs) So we have this washing machine, Mm -hmm. and uh, it don't matter what you put in it and wash. I mean, if you let that thing sit there for, like, two or three hours, man, it smells like a funky steak that you've left out on your lawn. Yes. It's just that, that... putrid mildew sour yeah, it smell doesn't take long no it's just like a minute not at all so i don't know what's up with that and i've done the whole high speed wash cleansing and sanitary oh, okay but the cleaning yeah cleaning cycle yeah i've done all that and just nothing helps and also besides that boy if you don't have that thing uh secure to the ground it'll, it'll <laughs> rattle your teeth off you're <laughs> so. right I put I put it on last night about uh, midnight and uh, <laughs> hell's bells woke up about forty minutes later. Thought we had an earthquake coming through. So, oh buddy, how you be doing? I'm good, man. Um, so the uh, the podcast question of the week was, what is your favorite TV show? Um, and there were there were several comments, but the, I guess the Seinfeld was uh, Timothy Rogers. 
Mark Mills. Um, wow, he really likes Better Call Saul. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. I can't stand that show. Really? Um, well, did you like Breaking Bad? I did. Okay, I did. I think part of it was Saul. I don't like. I don't like him as a character. Oh, okay. But um, well, it's, yeah. mainly it's his voice and just yeah, his, his like yeah. mannerisms. I think right. drives me nuts. But um, well, but I I guess in context, if you're uh, if you're part of that that uh, Breaking Bad whole uh, mm-hmm. fan love sure. club, and the Better Call Saul is kind of a, just a great prequel to how the guy became a character. Right. So no, I got you. But I understand. I'm I, okay. I with that. But uh, I will say the the other show that it drives me bananas mm-hmm. is This Is Us. Mm. Is your wife hooked onto this? Thing? Um, I think she watched the first season, and, you know, or basically cried the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she's caught up to this current season. I don't mm-hmm. think, but dude, this is taking over my house. I mean, well, according to the social medias, it was a, must have been something that upset everyone a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so. yeah. There was at, right after the Super Bowl, they had a uh, hundred and three million, hundred three point seven million people mm-hmm. tuned in for the Super Bowl. 27 million tuned in for This Is Us. Wow. Um, all 27 million were basically females. <laughs> um, pretty, And the guys that have to watch it because their significant others are watching it. I feel for them. Oh, man. I tell you, I mean, it is it is really taking over. I was trying to watch Kentucky last night, mm-hmm. and then my wife booted me out and said, oh, no, you, I'm going to watch This Is Us downstairs. You go upstairs and watch it on on the little TV upstairs. Right, the black and white. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Hulu, it, I had it delayed and then went upstairs and it was all gone. I couldn't watch <laughs> any the rest of it. Oh, no. We lost by a last second three point shot. I'm convinced if I was watching that game, we would have won it. Well, I mean, that's part of that whole uh, jinxing. Yeah. 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 I didn't, couldn't get it like same I liked way. it. So I'm telling you, I'm, I, I caused, I caused that. I'm the same way. I, uh, I didn't watch the Duke game the other night. I had to step away and then mm-hmm. they lost. So yep. I'm right there with you. What what other like what do you do during the basketball games? Do you watch it? Do you have any pregame? I, I I like for everybody to be quiet. Oh, and gosh, they can, now yes. they can cheer. Right. I've had to almost uh, uh, throat punch my oldest daughter when she started rooting for the other team. Oh my! But she did that in jest. Okay. So, but I had to correct her and let her know not in this household. <laughs> um, but ever since then, yeah, my my little one she she'll, she'll mm-hmm. come with her little Duke stuff doll and Aww. she'll cheer along with me. So. But yeah, that's uh, that's a no-no in my house. <laughs> I don't have any massive pre-game or post-game or, or during yeah. the game rituals because I know some people that do. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, not not really in our particular household. <laughs> so. I um, I, I'm with you. I'd like to be able to watch the game. Cheer. Mm-hmm. My wife last night wanted to have a conversation with a friend during mm-hmm. the game. I'm like, I'm in. <clears throat> So that's why partially I volunteered to take myself upstairs <laughs> so so that I could actually have some right. gosh dang peace and quiet yeah. and be, be able to watch the game. Um, but I usually wore uh, UK slippers uh, as a good luck charm. Uh-huh. I left them in India. So that could also explain the season why we're doing so stinky. Well, I'm uh, I'm sure they were so probably that. made in India. They probably and, were. Uh, since you have some business I connections there, you might as well see if they can find you a new pair. <laughs> You're right. Bless them over there or something. Oh, all right. So the uh, what was your favorite TV show? Um, I loved MacGyver growing mm, up. That me was too. that was as a boy. Kid. He could do anything with a with a uh, paper clip and oh piece of chewing gosh. gum. Yeah, I grew up wanting to be like him. Yeah. I broke so many locks in my house trying to pick them mm. with paper clips and mm. other plastic things that break into them. Right. That um, yeah, that was, that was as a kid. That was my favorite. Mm. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I loved A Team. Uh, yes, you know, the, the, and that's one thing I like about the '80s shows is that it was always a, a good feeling ending. There was a moral to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you always yeah. you always learned a lesson. You so, did. Um, uh, sometimes it was a smoking a cigar and saying you love it when a plan goes comes together. But sure. you know, there's always a lesson to be learned at that. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I think a show that drives me nuts it would be Friends. Oh yes, or, thank or, you. Or Seinfeld. Oh, I love Seinfeld. See, I've only I love I've watched a half an episode of Seinfeld in my me? life, and it drove me nuts. How? I would think you would love Seinfeld. I may have to go back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Friends. I, <laughs> I, I think I've on, seen maybe two or friends. three episodes of my entire life, I and it was friends. just stupid. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, uh, now that I think since Friends is back on Netflix, I guess, mm. um, and they're actually Netflix has been getting complaints from the millennials <laughs> thinking, thinking that it's not politically correct. A lot of, a lot of the subject. Really? Right oh yeah. Holy you have, to, you have to go back and check that out. So, um, Seinfeld is on, hum- uh, on Hulu and I've been going back and watching it. Okay. And, and for the most part, it's pretty timeless. Mm. This comedy is pretty timeless, but there's a couple of things you're like, mm, <laughs> that yeah, you can't get away with that. It's comedy. You know, yeah. It should, yeah. You should be able to, but yeah. I'm probably not. Yeah. Well, uh, like we do every week, here's a little bit of some wacky news. Well, not the only thing is about to flip upside down. Scientists say that the Earth's magnetic field is about to flip upside down. The results will be devastating on that. So the, the inside the Earth, this is a geography lesson for, mm-hmm. maybe not geography, what is it? Natural science, right. I guess. That's for, for our listeners. In the center of the Earth is Pudding. iron. I wish it was, or gravy. <laughs> we'll just say really hot gravy that spins around, and that creates our electromagnetic field. At some point, they're thinking it's going to flip over and then all the, the rays that are repelled will be allowed to come in. Mm. And so scientists are freaking out all over. Um, what do we do? How do we do this? And this is a story from the Daily Mail in the UK. Like, how do we fix this thing? It's, you can't fix the core. You can't send a drill right. team down. There's been movies that have tried, and they right. failed almost. Every, yeah. Almost every one of them. Um, you can't fix it. So they're freaking out. What do we do? Um, so when is this supposed to happen? In about 1,000 years. Okay. So, <laughs> calm down. So, yeah, let's... Uh, the, <laughs> we, yeah. we might be okay. I it, think we may have other crises out there that are maybe a little sooner, maybe. Yeah, they say that in, in human terms, a thousand years a whole lot, but in, in the cosmic time... Oh, yes. It's that's just a blink of an eye, oh, yeah. is what they've said. So, I, I, I'm not going to get too worried yet at this point, but I think... You know, we'll keep an eye on it. Right. What we well, say. if they have a ma- if they have a magic potion in a couple of years that says you can live live another eleven hundred years, you may mm-hmm. want to think about that because <laughs> you may be a part of that equation. Uh, so I have a story that's coming out of Canada. I'm sure everyone has seen it. Um, maybe, maybe not. But it's coming out of the Guardian uh, paper. Uh, Justin Trudeau tells a woman to say "people kind." Not mankind. Ooh. <laughs> um, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, was uh, speaking live in a town hall in Edmonton, uh, Canada. Uh, he has now come under fire for mansplaining and being too politically correct. Uh-oh. After he interrupted a woman and lightheartedly corrected her for saying, in, instead of saying mankind, you should say people kind at a town hall event uh, in Canada on Friday. 
His conclu or his correction came at a uh, on a, at the conclusion of a long-winded question from an audience member that uh, over the course of three minutes, including a discussion of her church and the special power of maternal love. Mm. <clears throat> so anyway, this this cat's taking it a little too far, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of Western uh, society in terms. But also, this is just to tell you how how our, our neighbors to the north mm-hmm. um, ha- are maybe losing their minds a little bit. I would say on. Uh, this political correctness. Actually, a law just passed today. Today. Uh, o Canada now officially gender neutral after a bill receives royal assent. So, wow. Um, if you think things are crazy in America, uh, Canada might be a little further down the road than we are. Mm. So, I've got a uh, This America story coming up oh. that, that may top that. Oh, boy. Um, golly. So, so what does that mean now in, in O Canada? Uh, be honest, with you, I don't, I don't know their, I don't know their anthem because I know ours. And, so, yeah, but um, any any terms that have any description he or, of, he, or yeah, any gender specific, mm-hmm. it will be now replaced with with neutral. Wow. So, yeah. How about you? Um, I would like some explanation or <laughs> someone to break that down for me. On surface, it makes no sense. Sure. Well, um, Bruce Grubb is having a bad day. Bruce Grubb. Yeah, he is a brand new farmer in Aberdeen in Scotland. Okay. Uh, do you know where that's at? Uh, yeah, I do. There you go. So he is a brand new farmer, mm. and he has a new farm. Got it like he likes it. Uh, he's got some new cows that are pregnant. Mm. He goes out one day after having a housewarming gift, a housewarming party, and uh, says to goes inside the barn, looks inside, and says, Something doesn't look right here. There's a tiger in my barn. It's not Mike Tyson's tiger. In Scotland. In Scotland, but there's a tiger. So uh, as any good normal person would do, he he ran outside. Sure. Uh, called the police. And then um, they the police came. 45 minutes, there's a standoff <laughs> in this barn try, <laughs> trying to get this tiger. Well, you know, the cops are just looking at it, waiting for to see what happens. They don't want to be the first to be eaten. Exactly. Uh, but again, there's pregnant cows in there. Mm-hmm. So this tiger could go ballistic at any mo- moment and eat all these cows. Well, 45 minutes goes by and then, uh, they realize the tiger hasn't moved a bit. Right. Not a muscle. No, no tail. Nothing. nothing. The head stays the same. Just frozen. Just frozen. <laughs> it turns out that somebody, uh, and, and we know who this is, it's going to be that, that guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got that guy our, in, their, in their group of friends. So it's our, probably our redneck brother from, uh, from Scotland. You're right. Our got, Scottish redneck brother. The, he got a very real-looking toy stuffed tiger <laughs> <laughs> and put it in this barn, and it looks real. I mean, I'll, I'll show you the picture. We'll have it up on our website. But that, that oh, yeah. tiger yeah. looks legit. I guess in the dark or whatever, too. I yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. he's, he's a fake tiger. Oh, I hope he wore his brown pants. 45 minutes later, the police were like, hey, I don't think this thing's working. <laughs> you know, it's not moving. Maybe we should go in. So they open the door, realize nothing is there, and then they, they wow. get said toy tiger. Well, hopefully they're laughing about it now because we're definitely laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was pretty funny is old Outback. Outback got in a little bit of trouble this week yeah. in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. There was a wildlife... Um, officer that came in and some of the patrons of said outback were quote scared for their life because a wildlife officer was carrying his service pistol 
the manager at said Outback said, this is a gun-free zone, mister. You're out of here. So they threw him out. Hmm. He's a police officer All right. or a wildlife officer. with, a, and He can't wear the uniform and not have a sidearm. All right. So he had to leave. Right. Good gracious. Y'all. Uh, well, y'all. Um, congratulations, Outback. Also, I'm, I'm assuming since you own Bonefish, Bonefish <laughs> including, and yeah. also since you own Carabas, Carabas also. Mm. So uh, you just announced that you're a gun-free zone to the whole world. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of burglars going into the Bonefish to try to rob people. But, hey, well, and I could be wrong. Not only that, though, I'm sure they have upset now the Second Amendment community, but also yeah. any any officers mm-hmm. communities out there they may well boycott now so outback did come back and say we we reprimanded the manager for kicking them out sure. and actually apologized profusely to the officer and then gave him a hundred dollar outback gift card so nice. he accepted his apology and everything's all good so you but can, don't come in with a gun well you can if you're an officer now <laughs> gotcha. they said that you're good <laughs> but i thought that was pretty funny well maybe we could talk to maj about that one yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, the the patrons were in fear of their life. I, I, yeah, that's the one. That's the part that I'm like. Mm. I guess, I guess they were hoping the gun wasn't hangry or something. I, 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 I don't follow that because they just go out. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, uh, here's. I hate to do this one, but here we go. Democrats introduce a bill that would require Tide Pods to look less appealing. Please tell me you saw this. Oh, dear Lord. So uh, there is a bill that will require Procter & Gamble to change the color of their Tide Pods and then wrap another layer of plastic on top of that to make it harder for them to eat and less appealing for kids to eat these. Now, the, we've talked extensively about Tide Pods on our show, but but now there's a bill from the Democrats to try to try to do this. What um, what is entertaining is Procter and Gamble actually responded and said, "Well, we do have Tide Pods that are that have no color. They're like the Tide Free, mm-hmm. the gentle ones, and people are still eating those." Mm-hmm. But here, here's where it gets a little tricky. If we add an additional layer of the plastic. That has been proven to be really bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. So now the Democrats, do we do we harm the environment or do we save the kids? So now they're in a handle. What do we do? And, right. and that always makes me laugh when they're in a handle. But a bill to make them change their product. Ah, so frustrating. It reminds me of the uh, soda tax that works so well in New York, too. <laughs> New York, uh, I love... New York is a great state. Sure. Minus some areas. <laughs> but I, how does government think they can solve every problem? Do they honestly think that these kids that are wanting to shove Tide Pods in their mouth, whatever layer of protection they can put on it, they're still going to do it. They're still going to do it. It's not these little kids that, that you know, randomly will, will go into your laundry room right. and, you know, pick up a Tide Pod or whatever by accident. These are kids that are living in your basement trying to be cool on YouTube and, and doing this for show to be, I will bet you money that the Tide Pod 
fad challenge mm. will go away way before this bill hits the Senate floor and passes because that's how quick social media <laughs> runs. Or the idiots that are doing it will die off and there's no more idiots to do it. I, I mean, this is like sure. Darwinism at its best, right? I, but coming from New York, mm-hmm. now New York City has a clean needle program mm-hmm. where they hand out free needles to drug users to to stiphen the well, AIDS epidemic and, and also any transmittable disease. But sure. we're going to go to a great length and cost to penalize a, a, a company to change their product because a few kids ate a Tide Pod. Right. Well, wow. That makes sense. Saving the world. Yeah, it makes sense. One bill at a time. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't. That's, that's a hammer to the head moment right there. Just, I'm, <laughs> Trying to, trying to gather that one. That, that 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 makes no sense. Even even if you take out the far left, I mean, if you if you go to the far left extreme common sense, what they consider common sense, that doesn't mm-hmm. even make sense. Because what about the what about the 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 cities that border have bordering states? Like like if a kid really has a hankering for a Tide Pod, you can take a couple of trains and hop over to Connecticut, and man, you get your fill. I mean, like what about eBay? They could be buying contraband contrabanded Tide Pods off eBay. I mean, you can't prevent this. This is stupid. What uh, a waste of taxpayer dollars. I, I just don't get it. I mean, if your kid is stupid enough to eat, yeah, like it, even if it's different colors, I've never looked at a Tide Pod and said, "Well, that mm. looks delicious." Yeah, let me rip into yeah. that. I need a bowl full of those. Well, it, like I said, it, it, this this whole challenge will be gone. They've already moved on to something else. My daughter's told me. What I, she... I can't remember the water. It's like the uh, spit the water in your face challenge or something. It's something. <laughs> it's something stupid. I mean, it, it, but they, these are the things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't fix stupid. I'm just gonna no, say that. No, it's the fad will be way over by the time that they come up with this. Yeah. I mean. Why not? Maybe come up with a Tide Pod challenge for the kids. Why don't you take that Tide Pod and go wash a load of laundry? That would be insane. That would be a phenomenal that challenge would be right crazy. there. Yeah. I was at, I almost took a picture. I was at Sam's Also Club the other day and saw a whole pallet of Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get were you hungry at that point? No, I was like, you know what? This is enough to supply at least four high schools. That's what I'm thinking. Do you think at any point when you were there, you know, you had the free samples of like Ham, mm-hmm. a free sample of like popcorn, mm-hmm. and then next to that was the Tide Pod. You know, I actually, I probably, I probably should have gone by and checked that little kiosk where you can mm-hmm. swipe your card and they give you like a free sample. Okay. It might have been a free sample of Tide Pods. <laughs> Yo, <Yeah>, <sighs> wow, mm-hmm. people, are, people are silly. Yeah, well, you you are correct about that. So, and that was our segment called Wacky News, and that was brought to us by Webmerized. Have the online presence you deserve with a new website from Webmerized. Check them out at webmerize.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Mojo Reads. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce, 
Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out BadMotherSmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit BadMotherSmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at SouthernFriedPhilosophy.com. All right, we're back, and here is Mojo Reads. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. This is when public broadcasting was actually decent. <laughs> I remember 321 Contact, oh, and that was my favorite. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, what was the other one? The Electric something? Electric Company? The Electric Company. Yeah, that yeah. was good. The, the Bloodhound Gang. Oh yeah, I like them. Yeah, yeah. They always solve the mysteries. Not, not the, uh, the Bloodhound Gang of the two thousands. No, yeah, <laughs> different Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> they solved mysteries like like Scooby Doo. Yeah, without the dog. Where in the world was Carmen San Diego? Oh, you know they're they're making a movie of that. now. Oh really? Yeah. Hopefully it's a good movie. No, I'm not putting. Any they still have found her though. <laughs> At least I'd like to have that part. The entire movie. Yes, it's like a Where's Waldo, yeah. and you, you just can't find her. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be a where in the world is Carmen San Diego too? <laughs> they still can't find her. <laughs> as long as they don't have the acapella group singing, that's all I care. I oh, hate what, who was that? I can't the rock, rock somebody. I don't. Know. I, I don't know, but yeah, that that acapella group always gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I quite like them. Anyway, so oh, we're, actually, I'm gonna look them up real quick. Right. Actually, the name of that group was called Rockapella. I knew it was a rockapella. Yeah. Some something like that. Yeah, I think they're still active. Just Are they thinking, really? Maybe. Wow. Yeah, actually, I have an event coming up in Louisiana. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. All right, just for you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so this week on Mojo Reads. <laughs> Do you want the music? Uh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read a Carmen Sandiego book. But anyway, um, yeah, this, this week on uh, Mojo Reads, I actually just finished up a book by a Jesuit priest named okay. Gregory Boyle. I'm okay. not sure if you're familiar with Gregory Boyle. Gregory Boyle is the... Uh, Sounds painful, I'll be honest. Or father of Gregory Boyle, if you like to call him Either that. way. Um, he also goes by uh, Father G. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He uh, In the hip-hop group. Basically, for over 20 years, um, Gregory Boyle, or Greg Boyle, or Father G, uh, has uh, he started a foundation, or started a... a uh, Nonprofit slash profit company called Homeboy Industries. Oh, nice! He uh, has basically, I guess, God placed him in this uh, small uh, church in Louisiana, or not Louisiana, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. that is in the heartbeat of gang country. I mean, uh, wow. in the barrio, there's just so many gangs there. I mean, you don't have just like two gangs, but you have multiple, mm-hmm. and um, there's an extreme amount of poverty there, joblessness. Um. The incarceration rate and people getting out, it's just unbelievable. So he basically started uh, – this is not really in the book, but he he started you know, a screen printing process. He started uh, graffiti cleanups. He started a bakery. He's, oh, he's, wow. he's kind of got so many things. Basically, yeah. since they don't have jobs, we'll make them jobs. Wow. Um, anyway, this, this story is called Tattoos – or the, the book is Tattoos on the Heart. It's basically just excerpts of stories um, that he's had through um, – connections with some of the youth and adults there and not all of them have happy endings you know they're not mm-hmm. um where you know uh, alicia gets out of jail and then becomes a you know a white picket fence house with a, a husband sure. and two kids yeah. it's stories of you know 
them coming to meet God in their own way, God meeting them where they are, mm-hmm. and um, that power of compassion and grace and mercy each and every one of those situations. And I guess how he, how he lays out the story or lays out his book is that um, this is how he saw God show up in each one of their lives. And um, it's very powerful. I mm, mean, it, it, sure. it was a it was a hard read because if you, you get immersed in the in his life and stories to where um, you feel you, your heart breaks when a mother loses a child sure, or yeah. um, a, a guy gets out of prison has got his life turned around just had a baby boy and all of a sudden he gets gunned down mm. through some useless violence mm-hmm. of you know uh, mm. just the tragedies of this of this life and 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 surroundings of Los Angeles so um, but with that. There's hope still, sure. and yeah. that's one thing I really thoroughly enjoyed about the book was that, regardless of the tragedies and the and the crap that these these kids and youth and adults have to go through to try to survive, um, that there is help mm-hmm. and there is hope. So that was, yes. that was it. So I'm just making a quick sec- segment because of our guest coming on, but it's just a really a really good book. So if anybody has you know time to go out there and read that, I highly recommend it. It's by like I said, it's Gregory Boyle. B O Y L E, and it's tattoos on the heart. Um, out of five biscuits, how many do you give it? I give it a four and a half. Wow. Yeah. Come highly recommended by I, Mojo. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's not, even if you're not of the spiritual sense or mm-hmm. the uh, or faith presence of mind, it's still a good book to read just because um, it gives you an in, inside look into uh, this community yeah. of, of Los Angeles that. You know, you don't see on the tour map. You know, <laughs> it's not going to be like, hey, let's go grab an In-N-Out burger and let's go down to the barrio and see yeah. poverty and gang violence and things like that. So it's, um, it's it gives you perspective that you may not ever hear about or see about. So, yeah. and one story that I will talk yeah, about. One story ahead. that kind of touched me was that um, he had a uh, Father Gregor Bull had a speaking engagement. Um, a, a town asked him to come speak. So he asked two of the homeboys, as he calls it, um, go with him. And these are kids that never been on a plane, um, hardened by jail time, hardened by this and that. And they show up in this small town in in the south. I mean, just podunk country, like we yeah. like where we we're from and live. And <laughs> sure. but anyway, they've never and they've never seen poverty before, like they had in the south. Wow! So God pressed upon their hearts to actually come back and help. So these two homeboys have made their mission to come back multiple times to this one town. Mm. The town basically adopted them, and they adopted the town. Oh, and through cool. that, they've been able to you know restore families and and paint houses and do yard mm. whatever it takes to to help this community out because they were so touched. They thought they were poor, but they also got to see another side of poverty. So yeah. that was one of the best stories I think in the, the whole book. So. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I was down in um, L.A. and I spent uh, a week doing some some stuff there and hit Skid Row and, you know, saw the poverty there on, on Skid Row. And then I also another time went to uh, East Kentucky where yeah. it's the, you know, Pikeville and that yeah, Appalachian same, country. Yeah, just really horrible poverty there too. Yeah, it's that's just, it makes you appreciative definitely for, you know, what you have. Yeah. You, know, you, feel like a, yeah. you feel like a millionaire yeah. in a lot of ways, you know. And really so, we are. And yeah. if you look at the median income of the entire globe. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, our our we're poorest rich. people are actually richer than – Yep. Most most of the other countries. So. You're right. Definitely fortunate for what we have. All right. So we'll check out the book, yeah. read it, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have Maj Touré from Black Guns Matter. And uh, he's been a guest before. 
Yep, that's actually our, it's our first repeat guest, I believe. It is. It's our first yeah. one. He's back. All right, so we will uh, take a break. When we come back, Maz Touré. Welcome back to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Up on today's uh, phone line, we actually have Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter. I'll give you a little refresher. Black Guns Matter is an organization that teaches um, First uh, Second Amendment rights and, uh, I guess, making sure they abide by the law and mm-hmm. what laws are out there for the urban community. He's uh, on a traveling tour all over the country, it seems to be here lately, that <laughs> he's uh, doing these little workshops and has been increasingly successful. So welcome back to the show, Maj. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Life is good. The Eagles won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> is Philadelphia still standing? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we it, it was it was rough that first night. I was I came back from Phoenix that same morning, mm. and I haven't watched the NFL the whole season, right? Because I, I said I was going to take a year, you know, until Kaepernick. You know, I I just didn't really like how the NFL handled him and how they tried to spin it. You know, so I was just like, all right, well, I'll take a year off unless he gets hired. I'll take a year off. And so every week that went past, he wasn't, you know, nobody got to gave him a gig. And in my mind, I'm like, his QB rating statistically was better than 20 quarterbacks. I mean, Shannon Sharp did the actual numbers on first take. But anyway, I was like, yeah, I'm out. And then, you know, after a few weeks, the Eagles was doing great. And I was like, okay. So part of me was like, uh, so you came. But then another part of me, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, nah. And then the su- superstition kicks in. So I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. Wow. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> well, I, I, I heard I heard rumors that uh, the uh, Philadelphia city uh, uh, maintenance crews and stuff like that were out there doing pregame rituals by spraying the lamppost with hydraulic fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they had to do that because one, our fans are the most insane fans in the world. So we had to put hydraulic fluid and grease on the poles <laughs> because the fans will climb the poles and like try to get up to the top of the light post. So that <laughs> you can actually, so you can actually confirm that with hydraulic fluid. Oh, absolutely. Hydraulic fluid and just like grease. Both. <laughs> But they didn't plan for the fact that that could be lit, you know, and really cause yeah. a lot of fire. They right. should they should just I mean, gone to they should just gone to Amazon, like, Amazon and got a fifty five gallon barrel of a uh, like Astro Glide or something. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> when I tell you, dudes was like they overturned cars. The Ritz Hilton Hotel, where usually a lot of opposing teams stay, they have like this nice little awning that goes like from the bus to right into the entry, like. 50 people were on top of that and that uh, collapsed with 50 people on it it just it was insane and nobody i don't think was too hurt too bad but it was just i i mean tomorrow i'm debating if i want to even go to the parade tomorrow it's supposed to be like four million people mm. Maj, i do want to kind of talk about that on a serious note um people are comparing that you know the the damage caused by the, the super bowl win and the fans there versus um you know the black guns matter and the or black lives matter the black lives yeah. matter sorry that's black guns matter to you the black lives matter movement and people getting you know rioting for that case like do you see the discrepancy or is it just a made up thing? oh it's, it's even as a fan of the eagles and you know we killed the drought it's a clear contradiction it's mm. a clear contradiction i mean and i and don't get me wrong because i'm gonna keep it 100 you overturn one of my cars and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> regardless of what, you know, riot or, 
you know, fanfare. It does not matter to me, but it's a clear contradiction. Absolutely. It's no different than, you know, after big wins, you know, hockey. I mean, Philly fans are insane. That's just what it is, right? However, after, you know, good, strong wins, you know, there's there's guys that, you know, at the hockey games are completely trashed in public, throwing up on the trains. I take the trains a lot. And I can see the difference between that and let's say after a hip hop concert. Uh-huh. It's a clear contradiction. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm very careful with my words. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think the term um, racist is, I think it's watered down a lot now. So racist, contradiction, you know, um, 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 jerk. These are, these are things that you have to earn those words from me. Uh-huh. You got, it has to be very clear. I don't just, mm-hmm. you disagree with me. So now you a contradiction. No, I have to clearly see the contradiction consistently for me to call it that. And that is a clear contradiction off top, top tier, hall of, foul, hall, hall of uh, fame, top ballot contradiction right. off top. For me, from this side, even I can say, guys, that's not that's not consistent. You're not being consistent. And that's frustrating. <laughs> on that side. Right. And see, and that's the thing. And then when somebody which is why, again, for me, tying it back to the cabinet thing. When he was taking that knee, even he was he was advised by a, a veteran to say, "Yeah, mm-hmm. express, I fought for the right for you to express yourself." Protest in no way, shape, or form is supposed to be comfortable for everybody. That's kind of like defeats right. the purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, in a space where somebody has articulated, "Hey, I just want to bring awareness to," I mean, I remember that summer. It was like damn near back to back to back to back homicide from American citizens by law enforcement. I believe some of them were accidental. Mm-hmm. Some of them I do not believe were accidental. And some of them, even if I, if me as a citizen, if I accidentally kill somebody, they're going to intentionally give me some jail time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you make a mistake, you have to be accountable for those mistakes. And so that ties back into the thing of why I said, you know, I'm going to sit this year out because you're trying to make something that someone is respectfully saying, hey, I just want to take a knee. And my job is to bring some attention to this. They made it about everything else. Oh, he's disrespecting the flag. He's disrespecting this. He's di- he didn't step on the flag. He didn't burn the flag. He right. also articulated and said, hey, if we get some attention on these things, you know, I'll stand up for the f- flag again. That's a clear cut telling you what my end game is. You know what I mean? On, yeah. on top of that, you know, here's the irony of it. When, that, when, when Colin Kaepernick was doing that, you know, again, there there was a summer where it seemed like God, like damn, like every every week. Yeah. With that being the case, since he's the the conversation has been had about that, you haven't been hearing about uh, law enforcement killing as, as many American citizens since that. You right. notice yeah. that? Yeah, that's true. So, it, in essence, it worked. Even those officers that were having a conversation about it, whichever side they stood on it, they you know you you think twice about it. And that's what an agent of change does. In that moment, they not they may not be, you know, understood, you know, Muhammad Ali, Dr. King. He was being called a terrorist damn near. Mm-hmm. But now he's on a stand. He got the banks are closed on his day. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, so say, go ahead. I, I think one of the things that was confusing is it just, it didn't seem like the message was consistent of what the, what the protests were on, for the Super Bowl. So it started off as uh you know police brutality, but then it got mixed up with um slavery from from our from my perspective, I guess. 
you know, and then it got, got caught up to, well, America, it's no good for anybody. So it was confusing, I think. And maybe that was just brought to us by the media and the spin and, and whatnot. That was that was definitely on purpose because all of the interviews that he did, he was very much so on this very consistent message. But here's the thing. One, most people don't see the interviews unless you're in the local area mm-hmm. where that person's True. game is or unless you just got, you know, the super football package and most people don't. Right. Um you watch it on Sports Center, the clips, the edit. As a person that's been edited and taken out of context a lot, I understand how even if he's explaining something, whoever's in the, the cutting room floor is going to determine what's going to be put on Sports Center. Sure. Not, and it may not be malicious. It may just be, man, I got to get this under 34 seconds or mm-hmm. whatever the time is. You know what I'm saying? But then the other side, the people that didn't want to acknowledge, and I'm going to be very clear, there were people that did not want to acknowledge the validity in what he was saying. And they had a platform. And some people were just like, oh, no, this, and that's their personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But when you're saying this is disrespectful to the flag, and then the next game he says, well, no, it's just no disrespect to the flag. Because if the flag is a symbol for the, the, the ideals that we're supposed to adhere to, and if any citizen, American of whatever quote-unquote racial background, if this is happening, that is the very definition of tyranny. Mm. So, so how un-American is that, you know? And I, get, I think some people that didn't want to, you know, and I think he made some some critical errors, you know, like I would have never wore those socks that had pigs on them, you know, as police officers. Right. I wouldn't have done that, hmm. you know, and that detracted away from the thing. And I think so there's this, you know, my PR mind kicks in. If I was running that campaign, there was certain things I would have done differently. No different than, you know, I remember when Donald Trump was first running, and he was real aggressive. And I'm like, I, I get you catering to your base. Mm-hmm. But eh. then he switched campaign managers. And I think it was a woman like Mitch Stride. Mm-hmm. And yeah. his, 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 his campaign ch- took a little bit of a different tone. And I was like, ah, now he's listening to whoever this person is. You know what I'm saying? So as a PR person that understands, you know, uh, presenting a message to the general public, I understand that certain things you can or cannot do. So me, for example. We at Black Guns Matter, we had early on, we had an agenda that we want firearms training to be taught in schools again. So we knew we had to figure out a way to get in schools. And we have taught in fire firearms training in a public school in Philly this year. Wow. And yeah, in order to do that, I knew that our earlier um, press, you know, they showed me with a firearm, but the pull quotes and the context made it look scary. Mm. So if I, how could, how could I approach a school? And if they do a simple Google search, everything looks scary. I would be right. uh, assuming that person would be consistent enough and, and, and thorough enough to look past what the visual, the optics was. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I said, OK, we, we made a decision. We said, we're not going to be showcasing Maj with a firearm anymore. We're going to make this thing about conflict resolution and de-escalation. And if those journalists and photographers want to come to the classes and then they can see young people families, children with babies and face paint with balloons and streamers coming to the class, 70-year-old women. We can define our narrative. You'd have to actually go super out of your way to make something be there that wasn't actually there. So that's how we've been able to be successful because our thing is about safety, education, training, and Mm -hmm. saving lives, you know, and just, you know, having Americans exercise their fundamental right to to self-defense. And that does not mean just against corrupt police officers. That means against scumbag that might be in the same neighborhood as you you uh-huh. that's trying to stop your life liberty or your pursuit of happiness you know so oh, crazy. I, right you know what i'm saying <laughs> so uh, 
all of those things were in a space where it's like, okay, we have to define a narrative. So bringing it back to that scenario, I see how they co-opted the narrative on purpose because they could consistently, you know, tell the message that he had to wait until Sunday after a game because mm-hmm. he didn't do any, he didn't really do any media outside of that, which I thought was another um, a, a, a limitation because you have yeah. to always, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a quote that says, until the lion learns how to write, the stories will always glorify the hunter. Hmm. Interesting. You feel me? So yeah. that, you know, that was my take on it. Yeah, I, I think that we're really good um, in, in this country to to mix and match the stories, even this, the Me Too and Not Me and Time's Up and all this kind of stuff. It's not a right. consistent message, so we get confused and it's like, ah, which way do we go? And then we just drop the whole thing because we, we don't know what, what the consistent message is. Well, also, right. you, you become reluctant to jump on a bandwagon, mm-hmm. too, because right. you it, you become scared that you may be chasing the wrong narrative. So. Right. Right. So so what you really got to do is what I try to do is like, OK, so take the Me Too movement for for 100 percent. Right. For, if we use that one, mm-hmm. I take um, I believe that a lot of those women, you know, I, I'll take, for example, and some of my friends get mad at me because I say this, you know, um, what's, what's the actress? Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. Right. Mm-hmm. right. She was one of the earlier women to come out against uh, Harvey Weinstein. Now, in her own account, she, you know, went out with him. She said it was creepy. You know, he wanted he wanted her to give him a massage and he she would give she was giving him the massage and I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. and he wanted to take his pants off. And she was like, no, if you take your pants off, I'm leaving. And her and her friend, you know, left later. And she went on six more dates with that man. You mm. went on six more outings with this person mm. after you're saying that initially, you know, you felt uncomfortable. Now, you did that because he's a man of power. Now, you have power, too, to say, yeah, I'm not doing that. You're a creep. I'm out. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I can't really honor that 100 percent because you took the advantages of what you did and or did not do. You played it to your intent. Now you got buyers or more. So now it's the tide has turned. So now the conversation is, oh, me, too. No, you took advantage of a situation. Fast forward to Aziz Ansari. This young lady was like I, she gave him, you know, she gave him. Can I cuss? We can cuss on here? Go ahead. Or no? I'll bleep you out. It's fine, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's giving this dude two jobs in the same night. Mm-hmm. Now you got buyers remorse and you, oh, I think I was sexually. He left you alone. You He reapproached. You never left. And you didn't say anything to him. On the way home, you said, I think that you didn't pick up on my nonverbal cues. <laughs> Come on, cuz. And you give him two jobs and you say, he didn't force me. He didn't threaten me. But now he's getting attacked, so forth and so on. And then, and, then, and then the thing kicks up. And it's like, no, the problem with calling everything sexual assault and calling everything, you know, racism and calling everything, you know, um, or whatever it is, whatever the, right. the ism is. Right. The problem with that is now the real violators can hide. You give them you give the, the actual creeps a safe space. They can hide in plain sight because everybody's selling these wolf tickets. You feel what I'm saying? And so so for me, in those things, in those spaces, it's very clear that we articulate the message and break it down fully. Now, sometimes, you know, you may have to do extra media and repeat the same thing a thousand times. But if you're trying to keep your message consistent and it's coming from the horse's mouth, Mm -hmm. that's what you got to do. Otherwise, you let (laughs) the hunter tell your lion story, you know? Yeah, I think because I had this conversation with my wife, and and I think the the problem, not the problem, but 
part of the issue is just we live in a culture where it, it is women are victims yep. based on the society that we live in. And, and that's not their their fault. You know, guys for for the longest time have think that they could just take advantage of the women and do whatever they want with them. Right. White men, men have been able to do whatever they wanted with, you know, the black the black race. So we live in a right. society where that's normal, but that doesn't make it right. And so there's that that victim, I would say victim mentality, but it, it's no one's it's no one's fault, but it's just the part of the society that we live in. And so, well, here's go ahead. I'm sorry, but I was just going to finish up by saying that that's you know not right, and that those things do need to change. But we can't just lump everybody into that group saying, well, he's a man, right. he's going to do this to me, or he's a white man, he's going right. to do that to me. Yep. So so it's a balance there. Um, it's something that I want to touch on, what you just said. It's not normal. It's popular. It's abnormal. Mm. It's unnormal. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just popular because not enough people were willing, because of how they were would be perceived, weren't willing to do the uncomfortable thing mm. like take a knee, like say, Hey, I was accosted. Hey, I was sexually, you know what I mean? There's so many right. people for every time it happens, if one person steps up, it might have happened to four. And I'm, you know, these ain't real numbers. Right, yeah. I'm just, you know, but there might be four or five other people that the same thing happened to, but they just didn't say nothing. Like for me, I was falsely accused of rape. Mm. That happened to me. You know what I'm oh. saying? Never even slept with the young lady. I don't have a problem saying not just me too, men too. Mm. This is the you, you feel yep, me? Yep. There's so many men that have had those false scenarios hoisted upon them. But some of us, we feel like, you know, did we embarrass? Are we embarrassing our family? Or, or, you know, we don't want people to think we a creep. Mm-hmm. You know, even I'm talking about re- genuinely innocent men. Right. So we yep. suffer in silence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And nobody comes forth. And then it keeps happening to other men. And it's it's like a it's like an industry. There's <laughs> Bill Burr said in one of his stand ups. He said, there is an epidemic of gold digging whores and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. Well, I think we not, we, not, not, not good women, not good women, not good men, you know, an epidemic of gold digging whores. And mm-hmm. we have to, you know, just like certain women that have been genuine victims have to speak up. Yeah. We have to speak up as well. Well, if you remember, uh, there was a, there was a lady at Columbia University who carried her rape mattress to class, every class. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Um, no. Yeah, there was a lady who accused a young man of um, obviously raping her, and, and she, as a protest, she carried a mattress around for the next two years, or it could have been three years, to every class, and it's just supposedly the mattress that she was raped on. Well, it comes out, wow. comes out that that was actually a false accusation. The guy was never even with her, dated her, or something like that. Anyway, that that proved to be a, a false accusation. Another one, See? another one was Lena Lena uh, Lena Dunham came out mm-hmm. with a story in her biography about some uh, mustached Republican who raped her. They you know they went back and did the research on that, found out that it was not actually uh, a true story, and then she recounted that she basically embellished the story, which I don't know how you can embellish a basically a snub for a date to rape, but well, he didn't have a mustache. <laughs> then also, I'm, t- I'm telling that's you, right. it's it's. It, a lot of times, you know, and, I, and, I, and those women I love to make fun of that get caught lying like that. And men, I love it. I love to make found fun of those people. I love it uh-huh. because one, it stops somebody that want to play this pump fake game. Mm. Right. And two, it, it, cle- it cle- because there's less people doing the fake thing. There's women that are willing yeah. to stand up like me. I'm, I'm open about it. Yeah, that happened. 
Here's, yeah. you know, guys, guys in the gun community have grabbed my, you know, those, those charges. And even though the, the court summary says withdrawn, guys that are a little bit jealous will go, yeah, you know, he's a child molester. And it's like, damn, bro, that's actually not true. And you know it because uh-huh. you can read, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, they think that that's something that's going to hurt you. We have to, I don't have fear and maybe I should sometimes, but I don't. So you got to use everything as those teachable moments. You will be surprised how many people are going through very similar things. Yeah. And like you said, this, to the extent that this woman, you took your rape mattress supposedly everywhere with you for, you know, two years. You are the exact antithesis of Lazy Boy. You are the opposite <laughs> of it. Yeah. Well, In any, every way, shape, and form. So that person should get a, and not only should they be made fun of, Charges should be brought up on those people. Well, if I remember correctly, the student that she accused of rape actually got expelled from the school and was mm-hmm. never allowed to come back. So, you know, there's real-world consequences for accusations that aren't are unfounded. Number one, it can ruin people's lives. Number mm-hmm. two, um, basically, like you said, it waters down the real people that are actually victims. And it just yep. that's what's disgusting right now is that um, – now we're now if a news story pops up, what do we do? We hold our breath for a day or two or a few mm-hmm. days and wait to see if it actually comes out to be true. So Right. Let's let's and in, in, in one sense that's good because it makes you for it forces all of these things are growing pain. It's it's forcing us to be more objective people and thinkers. We it's happening so much that we're going, Yeah, let me wait a while and see what the facts are. That's right. It makes you become a more objective thinker as opposed to going Nah, she lying. Or, yup, he did it. Before you run to either one of those, you go, yeah, I felt that way about the the two-year bed rape girl, and she was lying. So let me wait a minute. And that's actually what you're supposed to do. And I know it sounds sucky, because if you're that guy that was sexually assaulted, right, you want support and and understanding immediately. Mm -hmm. So I get it on that sense it could suck. But on another hand, you know, like Dave Chappelle said in his latest stand-up, you got to step back from the elephant. You got to like, you know, when China and the firearms, I remember when Trayvon Martin was murdered, because that's what I think it was by George Zimmerman. And, you know, everybody went, oh, man, this is crazy. And the the way that they presented it was, yeah, that's why these stand your ground laws are so horrible. And I was like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, y'all got to step back. I understand that this is an emotional situation. Clearly, you can hear the dispatcher telling this guy, stop, do not pursue. And he did it on his own. Clearly, clearly. Right. But they made the spin about, yeah, he was able to stand his ground, and those laws need to be changed. In reality, stand your ground laws are excellent for people, especially in poor neighborhoods. When someone's breaking into your home, you have to, you have the right to, you know, it's the extension of the castle doctrine. Mm-hmm. In your home, you have the right to stand your ground in your home and defend your castle. When you're at a location and someone's attacking you, you have the right to defend yourself and defend your life. Mm-hmm. They mix that. So in order for people to, you know, um, get that, they had to stop with the emotional. Obviously, this dude is a scumbag that killed a teenager. Obviously. Right. However, don't let them mix your emotions and now use that against you. So now an actual right that you have that the, the whole intent was to be eroded. Right. You can't allow one to turn into that, right. you know. And so in a weird way, because of all of these false accusations, I've been getting attacked for this for the last year. And it's like, now it's like, okay, you guys are actually helping bring so many, you know, things to the forefront. It's so many men that just didn't 
feel like I, I would be heard. I, I would be, I would look like I was, a, you know, like I said, a creep or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we need, we need more people to step up and that'll translate. That translates into, yo, I, I do have the right to have a firearm to defend my life. I, I do, I do, even though I'm from an urban area, I, I do kind of want to rock with this constitution and the bill of rights and the declaration of independence. Sure. I know somebody somehow told me that, oh, this ain't for you. But no, I, f- I feel empowered. And I, I, that, that's for me now. Right. It translates. And that's what we need to strengthen the citizenship. And, and you know, in my humble opinion. Sure. No, I understand. I, I just wish all these people that are, are spending all this time lying and, and, you know, manipulating the system and whatnot, if they could just use their powers for good. Um, yeah. Like my doctor said, like you, if you would put the same emphasis of trying not to work out to actually work out, you'd actually be doing pretty well, you know? (laughs) You coming up with all these great ways of how I got to miss the gym on the way home. Right, right. If you would have just gone to the gym, you would have been all right. You would have been home early. (laughs) Because now you was going the extra 10 blocks. Now you caught in traffic. You would have been home earlier than, you know what I mean? And it's, it's true. Righteousness in the beginning because of your conditioning. It's like when people say, Man, you're not scared. You're going to all these urban areas, Chicago, Compton, here, here, here. You informing people. You're not scared the government going to kill you. No, I'm not. Here's the beauty of it. One, I'm doing the right thing for people. Mm-hmm. Two, it's American. You know, it's it's like human rights. Like, right. Fortunately, we like kind of wrote a trifecta, the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and the, <laughs> you know, the Constitution. Sure. So it's there. So I'm actually following the righteous thing to do. Right. And on top of that, ultimately, ultimately, there is no place that you can go or anything that you can't do on earth that the potential for you dying does not exist. You drive to work, somebody can smash into you. Sure. You take a plane. I've been on a plane hundreds and hundreds of times. It's a big piece of metal with more metal (laughs) propelling into the air, 30,000 feet in the air. (laughs) And you have on a safety belt. Come on, like <laughs> and a flotation these, device. Yeah, right. Like you don't. And then the places where you mostly, and, and you know, in America, most of the places that you're going to crash over, there's no water. Exactly. You're going to crash and burn. <laughs> like, like the reality is, no one gets off of Earth alive. Right. So while I'm here, why not kind of like do stuff that actually helps people and serves people and puts, um, you know, America and in, 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 in you know, in a greater scheme of things the earth in a better position. All, all I'm really saying is, is very, it boils down to this. A good friend of mine, you know, he, you know, he, he's been, you know, schooling me a lot more on this thing called the non-aggression principle. Libertarian principle. Yeah. Absolutely. With that being the case, I'm just going to be in control of me. You just be in control of you. All, all we'll boils be cool. down to property rights. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if the thing, the stuff that you're doing affects my personal property or my physical well-being, well, I'll stop you. We'll figure it out. It could be an oversight on your part, or it could be deliberate. We'll figure it out if it got to, like, go to court or something. All right, well, cool, whatever. It's really that simple. You know, they've made it seem very convoluted and Mm -hmm. deep and all of this to just keep people, you know, away from very basic, simple concepts. I have the right to defend my life. It's my life, Mm -hmm. my liberty, and my pursuit of happiness. Right. You know, and as, as we translate in that to more, you know, urban areas across the country, you know, we're going to we, we going to make the you know, we're going to make the hood great again. That's just what it's going to happen. <laughs> there you go. So we, we've been over 30 some odd, let's say 36 cities. Um, we want to do every state in America. But what happened was because I suck at fundraising, <laughs> I like 
was like, stop telling people, hey, guys, like, y'all like trying to pay for this because the classes, you know, are free. Sure. And so I had, you know, we ran the risk of I was like, man, I don't know, you know, because we raised about seventy seven thousand dollars so far in the last wow. 18 or 19 months or something like that. Well done. But we, we, we use it as we go, you know, to city. So it's sure. not like, you know, our goal is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but we're using it as we OK, we get the thirty five hundred dollars. We can do a city. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of forgot to keep fundraising because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be focused on the work. Sure. And so my team was like, yo, dude, you got to like <laughs> tell people to like donate and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So really, you know, a lot of the people that's listening now, you know, if you guys can, we have two way, three ways of, you know, you guys supporting, we are mm-hmm. not funded by anyone other than everyone, you, you know, you all listening, yep. um, our PayPal, which is paypal.me backslash black guns matter us. Um, our GoFundMe page, which is GoFundMe.com backslash Black Guns Matter. And if you want to do something on a more consistent basis, we have a Patreon account. Patreon is something that you can patronize people that are doing things that you enjoy. So you, mm-hmm. you determine how much money you want. You may say, okay, we'll give Black Guns Matter $10 a month. And mm-hmm. it'll just come right off of your debit card. Like, you know, like, I don't know, your Netflix bill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Black Guns Matter. So if anybody is listening that, that rock with anything that, you know, we're talking about right now, yeah. if you want to support, you know, we, we tremendously appreciate it. I just had a great idea. I think we need to change our Patreon link to patreon.com slash Netflix. That way they don't get in trouble for donating. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put all those links out on our show notes so people, if you want to go out, out there, you can check Absolutely. it out on show notes. Um, Word. Thanks, Joe. I have a, I got to, I see that you got to go to SHOT Show this year. And that was one yeah. thing I really wanted to attend. But yeah. uh, my wife would not let the leash off of me that long. So, to give us some uh, give us some highlights, uh, you know, with your experience. But also, uh, I want to kind of dive into some maybe some things you saw at Shot Show that we need to be looking for yeah. in the consumer market. So, where was Shot Show this year? So it was in Vegas. It's usually in Vegas oh, at the Sands Casino. So because because it's a a a, a, a it's not generally open to the public per se. Mm-hmm. It's more business to business. So, for example, let's say if um if I'm Bud's Gun Shop or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If if I want to buy, you know, ten thousand of the newest thing that's coming out next year, I'll go to Shot Show and I can see the stuff at, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the manufacturers have a presence there. This year, the ATF wasn't there though because you know the the whole government shutdown, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> it is funny. So funny. <laughs> but um. You know, it was just a good time. I got there. I, I presented. We. I did a uh, event where I presented to manufacturers, you know, and retailers that wanted to understand how to more better engage the urban areas. Okay, how can I show the retailers as well as um, the manufacturers how to better engage urban environments by having culturally relevant information, not just existing in your own silo? And mm-hmm. we've been successful at this. Because the information that we share, and do we go over the laws? Absolutely. Do we deal with conflict resolution, de-escalation? Yes, absolutely. But you have to deal with the elephant in the room. You cannot pretend like, you know, or you think that the thing that you're doing, you know that it's not racist. But how is it being perceived by somebody mm-hmm. else? And how what can you utilize? You know, so simple example, right? A guy, you know, let's say he's not, he doesn't have that much money. He takes the bus home, right? 
let's say he misses the bus and it's like chilly out. But every day when he rides home on the bus, he sees this gunshot. Today he missed his bus. He's going to walk home. It's chilly out. He's got his hands in his hoodie because it's cold. Mm-hmm. And he missed his bus. And he says, you know what? I'm going to stop in this gun shop because I, I ride past here every day. Now, the shop owner has a truck, a gun, you know, a, a car, whatever. That's, it's not even on his radar of cold, miss a bus, walk with your hands in your pocket. To mm-hmm. that person, you come in the store with the hoodie on with your hands in your pocket. To them, as a self-defense person, you're thinking, show me your hands. Right. And your energy reflects that. Your energy reflects that. And that person receives that. And they go, man, that guy behind the counter is a jerk. Mm. No words were exchanged. No understanding is there. It could be simple as, hey, man, what brings you in today? Yeah. Well, I normally catch a bus and I miss the bus. I know it's cold and I figured I'll stop in for a second, ask some questions, warm up a bit, then go home. Mm-hmm. Oh, that conversation right there makes you understand that he doesn't have his hands in his hoodie because he wants to shoot you and rob you. Right. It's cold. You know, and it's, it's those type of cultural misconceptions, you know, and that could be something as simple as a socioeconomic you have a nice truck because you have a successful, you're a successful FFL. Mm-hmm. This person, you know, he might just be a young professional. Sure. He's just starting out, you know. So those are the little things that we talked about there. One of the highlights of that was Chris Cox from the, um, you know, obviously the NRA Isla mm-hmm. came in and like sat in my whole presentation. Wow. That's you awesome. Know, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I had ran into him. One, I had seen him at the, um, I went to the NRA board of directors meeting a few weeks before that. And, um, you know, I had ran into him. I was kind of trying to be incognito walking through Scott. And he recognized me. He was like, yo, you presented today, right? And I'm like, yeah, in like a half hour. Nice. He's like, yo, I'm going to slide in. I thought it was just political, but he did. He stayed for like, he may have got there at like 110, and he stayed until the end. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so, that you know, that was the thing. The the the, the that So those are the peaks of my SHOT Show experience, so mm-hmm. some of them. The pits were, I had to leave early because I had a New York commitment. Like I left like Wednesday and I'm, I missed so many cool people that I wanted to see. Um, but next year I'll have, you know, and I had already, I could have gotten out of those commitments, but I, you know, I'd already gave my word. So I was like, nah, I'm going to just get on the plane sure. and go to New York. Yeah. But it was, it was amazing. I mean, there's no way for you to see everything. It's the fans expo center is huge. It's huge. So it's like, even if I would have stayed all week, I wouldn't have. Yeah. And I can't buy none of that stuff right then and there. I can't be like, yo, let me buy this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, okay, cool. You know, but it was amazing. I can't wait until the annual meetings in um, Dallas in May. Nice. Yeah, well, I, meant to, I meant to message you before, and I wanted to hook you up with another friends of the podcast, uh, to- uh, Warfighter Tobacco. They do uh, cigars, uh, the better-known company, and do have a cigar company. They were actually shot show this year too. So I, I meant to hook you up, but ne- maybe next time. So hell yes, hook me up with them. I love cigars. And maybe next time you hook us up and we'll all go and we'll all have a good Yeah. Party. But I think you guys would be, I think you guys could probably partner, partner on some things too. Cause yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're avid freaks on the second amendment too. So, but yeah, I'd Absolutely. Put, I'd put you in touch with them. So any, anything that we need to pick up for this year or be on the lookout for that you saw it shot? What, what company is that that had the shotgun with the with the detachable magazines? Um, wow! Damn it! Who is that? It might be. I want to say it's Mossberg. I'm, I'm betting actually, that it's actually, Mossberg. Yeah, it is. I just I remember reading about that. <clears throat> yo, yo! I'm like, yup, getting it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Um, uh, New New Orleans coming out with um with a a, a cheaper excuse me that's because that's not the right word mm-hmm. a less expensive price point for his advocate because it came in initially it came in around twenty four when I first started reading the specs I thought it was gonna come in around thirty four hundred for the handgun because it's a very you know lightweight wow. it's a it's a it's a performance firearm handgun for sure right right two silencer cold barrels one of them threaded one of them not it comes with a case. It comes with all of these different, you know, when you run down the specs, I'm like, yeah, that joint coming, it's going to come in around 33, 3400. It came in at 24. Wow. But guys were still ragging on it. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it's t- First of all, I've never seen a handgun come with two barrels. I've never mm-hmm. seen that. I've never seen it. And it don't just come with a box. It comes with a case, mm-hmm. right? So all these different things. And then people started complaining because my, that's my friend. And I'm like, yo, do you understand it? Like for the hood, like this is like, this is like a signature shoot. This is like a LeBron James move. Like, <laughs> like you know, and so I'm what happened was people you. were, you know, right, were complaining, but they're coming out with a um, a $1,500, um, hmm. you know, piece. And it's got camo on the slide. It's just, it's crazy. So that's, that's you know, that's what I would say look out for. Okay. Um, and it was something else. By, by, the, by, the, way, by the way, that was a Mossberg uh, 590M. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yep. I saw um the Sig 365. Now I'm I, I love like a little just throw it in my pocket type uh pistol. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. I did for a quick second. Me me I'm until I shoot it, I, I don't wanna because yeah. I don't want to say something that's inaccurate. Sure. Because me, subcompacts are real snappy for mm-hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they got a little bit more punch to them. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So me generally, generally I don't really rock with subcompacts. And that's partially just because of my own conditioning. Block sure. 19, block 17 for my EDC. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, it's, it's large enough that if I got to fight with it, it's cool. But, and it, and it, can, it can maintain that, you know, handle that recoil a lot. For me, in my experience, subcompacts and me don't, it's, they, yeah. too, they, too, they, they snap too much for me. They beat my wrist up a little bit. Understand. Understand. Yeah. Cool. So what's your personal carry? G19. Uh, uh, stock. No nothing. Just stock. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good gun. Yeah, and again, that's that's what cal- what caliber are you rocking? Nine, nine, nine. Okay, I only I, the the whole those shopping power. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I started ca- I started carrying a forty cal just because someone gave me a boatload of ammo, <laughs> so I had to go right, buy, right, I had to go buy right. the gun to match it. Right. If you, you you gave me the ammo for free, okay, yeah. cool. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm buy a new gun. There you go. Well, that, right. was, that was my excuse to my wife. I so. <laughs> Just, I, I, I failed to mention that I had to buy the ammo and he gave me the gun for free. That was, <laughs> oh, that was okay. So. so it was the cool trade-off for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, for me, like I'm just ballistically like, so, so I'll do things like I'm, a, I'm a bit of a gun nerd, but because of the work that we do, I have to, and I don't want to say this. I have to make it very, the work that we do very entry level. I've seen mm. so many people that have wanted to be involved in firearms, and guys will damn near talk them right to the anti-gun side because they hit them with so much information, yeah. like like calibers and all that from the gate. And it's like, listen, you could spend a year on cartridges and calibers and not even scratch the surface. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you hit, you know, beginners, everybody starts at 22 at our classes. Everybody. I don't care. You play Call of Duty. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know what I'm saying? 22, then nine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And because most of the people that were, you know, um, 
we're reaching. So take Boston, for example. In Massachusetts, you're going to have to spend $100 to even take the test wow. to start getting your license to carry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I try to make sure that I'm giving them information that, lim- that, that lowers the barrier to entry because in some cities and states, you know, you already getting hit with a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, sure. sometimes three hundred dollars. You got to get your FOID card in Chicago and all of these other different things. So I, the reason why I um I, I focus so much on twenty two because the ammo is the, the che- is the cheapest right. on earth. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, you know what I'm saying. And even to nine, you still ballistically, there's no difference really that a dead body. You know, morticians and and, and guys in the morgue. When they cut those bodies open, they can damn near not tell a difference between, you know, who was hit with the nine and who was hit with the 40, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So and it also forces, you know, we try to train our people, obviously, proper stance, proper grip, all that other stuff. But man, make your shots count, man. You yeah. know, shot placement. And I know that sounds so cheesy. Mm-hmm. The 40 guys and the 10 millimeter guys, too, is going to be like you know, stuff. And, and that's it. That's. And everything, chicken or the egg, it's always going to be right. one of those two things. You know what I'm saying? Is Darth Vader right? Is the Sith side right? Or is the Jedi side way right? It's always <laughs> going to be that. Well, look, you know what I'm it don't matter what you size know? bullet you throw at them. If you don't hit them, it ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we like, yo, like, and then when, even when people say that thing, like, yeah, not, I, you, you people only carry nine because the 40, you know, or whatever they say. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know. So what about 22? 22 is nothing. Okay, so can I shoot you in the head with it? <laughs> yeah. And very quickly, people, you know, you, it, it, it's those things. And these 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 things that we're walking around on, they, I mean, we're we walking around with little rockets on us. Like, <laughs> you know, and we got to be very careful, especially right. with beginners, man, you know, to make sure that, that we don't we don't indoctrinate them. We let them make their own, yep. you know, decisions and assessment. But we, the, the basis of that being, there's no way to go wrong by, you know, proper training and knowing, you know, making sure your sight alignment is right. So you hitting where you're trying to eat, what you're trying to right. hit. Yep. You know I mean, there's no, there's no way to kind of like mess that up. So with, with the beginners and as they walk through it, you know, if they, they run through a few boxes of nine over the times that they, you know, they're not like us. They, they don't live. I live three blocks away from my range and I don't pay for ammo. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's like nobody else has that ultimate hookup. So right. with that, well, some people do, you know, but the thing is, in the beginning, they may go to the range once a month, once every two months. I want them to get understanding the strong fundamentals. And then as as they grow up a bit, then they say, OK, well, let they get more comfortable. Let me try the 40. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're a bigger dude, their shoulders and everything like that, they could absorb that a little bit better. But that's right. for that person and their body type and their structure. And just, you know, giving giving beginners that that understanding. And then allowing them, you know, letting the path to envelop them a little bit yeah. before we indoctrinate them is kind of like the thing, you know, that we be on. And, and we've seen people, you know, a lot of people gradually gravitate sometimes in a shorter time span than we may have even assumed, yeah. you know, because, you know, like you said, you, you, you let it's like music. You let the music talk to you, yeah. you know, and if you write a song, the music will tell you what to say. And it's the same thing with firearms. Yeah, I when I when I was first wanting to carry, I looked at an LC nine and I was like dialed into it until I shot mm-hmm. it, and I was like, I hate yep. this thing, I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> yep. And so now I carry a Kimber because it shoots yep. beautifully, and I love it. So yeah, you you know what? Antonia Okafor was telling me that about her um, what subcompact do they have? Uh, damn it, I forget. But anyway, she was telling me about that, and I was like, really? And she was like, absolutely. Now, mind you. 
she's like a hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but saying that to say that's very key. What you said, man. You can't. I, you know, I, I I want. You know, I really like Porsche, mm-hmm. but I like the I like the, the the truck more than the actual um, Panamera because of the feel of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've yep. driven both of them. I don't own either one of them, <laughs> but <laughs> you know if. You know, if I hit the lottery, you know, I'll go with the, the Cayenne sure. before I would the Panamera just because of the feel of it. You know, and it's the same thing for that. And that's, again, that's some of this stuff, man. I know a, a lot of beginners be wanting, like, these clear-cut, straight-up answers mm-hmm. for, like, what should be my gun? And I'm like, dude, what what size yeah. are you, do you have sausage fingers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, like, yes. what all of these things matter. And, 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 and to get them to a point where it's cerebral, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. That's where you get people, you know, and they, and they zen at that point. Right. And there's a way to, to lean in early early in their fan foundation building to make them have that understanding as opposed to, you know, just subjecting them. Like, I'm a Glock dude, but HKs are amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. You know what I'm saying? But right. to me, another thing for me is because I want a Glock is boringly reliable <laughs> boringly reliable and if i'm out and off all of my homies got you know glocks if i'm out they can throw me a mag and we still safe right uh-huh. you yeah. feel me so all of those things factor in you know so that's that and, and what else um oh we're making we're making national license to carry day is going to be a holiday for all gun folks that's going to be may the 21st well even in, um, in north carolina they were trying to get rid of just the concealed carry permit because they were saying that that was unconstitutional. I don't know how far that yeah, got. Yeah, that you know, that legislation takes a while. Yeah, so, so mm. that'd be interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that would be. That's that's a plot twist because it's like let's get rid of it and then let's make the state constitutional carry. I'm all for, and and am I supportive of national carry reciprocity? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, a step up for that, I don't I don't use the fact that I see that something could be better, you know, to stop the the progress that's being made. So, do I think? You know, President Trump and the, and, and the guys down in Carolina that wrote that bill. Um, do I think that it's amazing? Absolutely. And we're going to push for that. Sure. However, my ultimate goal, like if, if I could wake up tomorrow and they would be like, cool, it would be the NFA will be repealed and all states will be constitutional carry. Mm. Imagine that. You oh, know well, what I'm saying? Because oh. the funny thing is the 13 states that are constitutional carry have lower mm-hmm. uh crime in regards to firearms that's that it's like what a novel concept people don't go places and kill people where they know somebody could return fire sure imagine that you know what i'm saying right well a well-armed population (laughs) is a polite population absolutely absolutely so for me it would be you know one of those things well uh maj once again please tell our listeners where they can find you at for sure um everybody can check our website officialblackgunsmatter.com yes i am going to do another shameless plug for fundraising do it um (laughs) You guys can hit us on our PayPal. If some people have PayPal, paypal.me backslash Black Guns Matter US, like United States at the end. Um, our GoFundMe is gofundme.com backslash Black Guns Matter. And if you want to be more consistent, even if it's only five or ten bucks a month, Patreon, patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com backslash Black Guns Matter. Um, and outside of that, just get, you can get all of my social media from the website, and if you got something, you going on something. I, I've done my obligatory fundraising <laughs> conversation, but outside of that, if you guys are going through something, vets, uh, you know, you 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 having a bad time with, in your relationship, you you you, you want to lay something down, man. Find me, email me, DM me, you know, 
find me on social media, let's just talk about it. I don't care what time of day it is. I don't care what day of the week it is. If you go on something, you have to understand that the Second Amendment community is just that. It's community. Mm-hmm. So we have to commune. We have to communicate. We have to talk. So if you're going through something, my phone number is 310-279-7413. Shoot me a text. Find me on social media if that's easier for you. I'm here for you. I know you don't even know me. You're hearing my voice now. So through some synchronicity in the cosmos, you're hearing my voice. And if you're going through something and if you want to communicate, hit me up for free. What, cool. a, what a great mission, man. That's, I appreciate that. So. Good stuff. For sure. I may I may have to call you when my wife can't decide what she wants to eat. I, I have a lot of stress then. So. Yeah, there's no, there's, no, except that. Don't call me. They never know. It's just, you're done. It's, you gotta just, you, gotta, you playing the hurry up and wait game there. Everything that you say, she's going to go, no, I don't want that. Then what you don't, what you want? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's it's a, it's a, it's our nightly argument. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Maj, thanks so much nope. for being on the show. Hey, uh, no, Ma- no, no. Wait, wait. Yeah. Last thing. Last yeah. thing. I have an answer for that. All of the men are going to thank me for this. Okay. This is a trick. When she says, I'm hungry, you say, I got a surprise and I know, I bet you can't guess where I'm going to take you. Perfect. The first thing that she says, agree. Oh, that's Dude, that, you just you just rocked my 20-year marriage. Wow. <laughs> actually, actually uh, you could actually reframe that. Uh, what, was the, what was the question again? You, you, or, she, she'll say, she'll, when she says, I think I'm hungry, okay. and you go. I got a surprise to where I'm taking what, what, you. To but eat. what? What if we stop that before you do the surprise? She goes, you know, I'm hungry. Why don't you just go hashtag me too? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great, boss. You'll be divorced in two weeks. <laughs> Uh, it's cheaper to keep her, though. I got to do that. Cheaper to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, Maj, we appreciate you coming on, buddy. Right. Thank you all. all I'll right, talk to you all in a bit. Right, have a good night. Peace. Once again, we thank Maj for coming on. You can go back and listen, uh, check our show notes for his uh, all his websites and links and things like that. Mm-hmm. He's obviously doing a great service to the community and, and in the urban communities, but also the Second, Second Amendment communities. Um, also, please go to our iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Also, share your uh, favorite episodes. Um, you can also find us on Facebook doc, or Facebook at uh, Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also find us at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us on youtube.com forward slash SFP radio and also the Instagram and Twitter is SFP radio. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, go to um, when you when you listen to the, the episode, you can share it on Facebook. So we, we would really sure. encourage you to do that. I appreciate Tim. He shared it this week. So thank you, Tim, for sharing the episode from last yeah. week. So we are going to go to the segment of what I've learned. our good friend Darius Rucker. How about that? <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie. So, Mojo, what'd you learn? Um, I learned the non-aggression principle is carrying out through the country, which is a good thing. And if anyone has any questions about the non-aggression principle, you're more than happy to chat with you on Facebook about it. So, we get, are we getting a fight with them about it? Oh, no. no. That's, that's the whole part about the non-aggression principle, oh, not okay. to be aggressive. Gotcha. <laughs> I learned... Um, 
don't mess around with toy tigers because that could get people in trouble. Absolutely. Um, also, learn that you probably just need to be sh- keep your mouth shut while you're in Canada because evidently you'll be mansplaining or politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. I learned that uh, next year we will uh, go ahead and book our flight to Vegas so we can go to Shot Show. Yeah, we just need to figure out how to get in. Oh, well, maybe we can we can have some. Actually, uh, I'm just going to carry around some. I'm gonna wear black uh, Black Guns Matters uh, sweatshirts mm-hmm. while smoking a Warfighter cigar. Oh, I, clearly you look just like either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in the. I'm you know, in the, you know I'm how gonna I'm going to get, get in. How's that? Uh, I'm going to carry a box of Krispy Kremes. You want to dress up as a waiter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it works in the movies all the time. Yeah, so. sure. All right, so that's the uh, that's the episode. Next week we have got Nate from Downtown Donuts, so he's going to be on the show. Share his personal story about a small business and things. Just another another small business focus for those listeners out there who want to start their own business, may not have the courage. So and share his love of donuts. I can't eat them. Yeah, you'll have one. Okay. All right. (laughs) So that's it. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. And we'll uh, see you next week.